This is episode 111. My name is Justin Peach. Hey, I'm Chris. And this is the Bible Buffoons Podcast. I liked it how you called it triple sticks. Triple sticks. Let's go. Episode 111. <laughs> Triple I've one. never heard it. Like, did you just make it up? No, like I've, I've never heard I've that. Heard, That's really good. I've heard um, like people that wear number eleven as like a jersey number, like double sticks, like, like a nickname sticks. They just call them sticks. And so, I thought, where did Jeremy get that nickname? Stick. I think because uh, he's tall and used to be skinny. No, <laughs> I don't know if he listens to this. It's okay. <laughs> he probably doesn't. <laughs> no, he's in good shape. He's in good shape. Yeah, yeah we we we're all getting older. Hey, hey, I'm, I, there's no there's. I'm not throwing That's any. That's my guess, though. I actually don't know where his Sticks nickname came comes from. from. Yeah. But it's it, it's in like emails too, right? Doesn't it's, he have it like in parentheses? Jeremy's. Yeah, his, he goes by Stick for the most part. Really? Yeah. But S T I X, right? That's it? Oh, I don't know. That's, I, yeah, that's, I think it's S T I X. Some '90s flair. That that's about right. <laughs> I would I would for sure say that about him. I would, I would say it's some '90s flair. Uh. Guys, if you want to know, um, Axe to Grind, Bluff Park, uh, Wiffle on the Bluff team, got our first win last week. Feels good, man. Or this week, I guess. It was Sunday. Yeah. Feels good. It does. We had one win last year. Yeah. But it was towards the end of the season. It was towards the very end. And the other team... uh, They went defeated. They yeah. didn't win a game. But, I, you know, they were there for a good time. Yeah. We'll just say that. That's and right. So, it, it, we, we had the advantage. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, this was like a good team. Even like uh, a player two from the other team, from the team that won the championship last year. Yeah, they came up to me afterwards and was like, "Hey, that was a good win." It was a good win. I was like, "It wasn't a fluke. Like we played a great game." And they started coming. We scored four very quickly and yeah, then we didn't got, score again. I think we had the bases loaded or two on first three. Innings. Every innings we left. I mean, we we probably left eight runs yeah. stranded. Yeah. Which is wiffle ball. It's tough, tough to get the ball in play. It's but, very tough to get the ball. Yeah, in play. man. We we I think we scored one in the first, two in the second, one in the third, and then held on, held on to win. Uh, we might have scored one in the first. Wasn't that when I scored? That was when you scored. But we had a guy in front of me score too, so I think we had two in the first. Okay. Yeah, or not? Uh, maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, all I know is I got a two two run single to get two of those runs in. I thought it was in the second, but maybe it was it in might, the first. It might have been. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I struck out two other times. <laughs> I, I was 100%, 100% base percentage. But that guy was walking. That guy had yeah. some nasty pitches. He did. Tough day. I was on the second base a lot. And uh, while I was on I was on base, I was on second. And seeing that guy pitch, yeah. and people weren't swinging, I was like, you got to swing. Because yeah, it was just, he had that slider. And it was coming out at you and then come right back. Way in. out. Yeah. yeah, he was. it was good. Wiffle ball's fun. Wiffle ball's fun. It's a, uh, um, yeah, yeah, and they do a good job. If you're around the Bluff Park area Sundays, it's a good family deal. I mean, they got bouncy houses. They have like legend uh, sponsors. So each week there's a big sponsor, yeah. and this one they had hamburgers and hot dogs for free for and Gatorade. That'd be and a they, nice burger. They had a big old um, TV out there with the football games on and. Yeah. Sometimes there's face painting, urban pops out there, get some popsicles. There you go. That's a, just a good old family day. It's a good day. 
It's good. It was hot. It was hot. It was very, very hot. Um, hey, one, this is coming out tomorrow. We, we, we typically record this on Wednesdays. This is today is the 28th. It'll come out on the 29th. Uh, it has not happened yet, but prayers for Florida. Yeah. Category, I don't know yet. Almost five. Almost. It's a four. It's five. like two miles per hour off of being a five. Uh, and it's going to hit today. Yeah. It's going to hit um, Florida, west coast of Florida. Uh, uh, so prayers for them. Um, seems pretty dangerous. Yeah. Seems pretty dangerous. Get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. We got, uh, Tanya, we got an uncle who lives in Sarasota, which it's not going to hit Sarasota, but it's very close to it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's going to get some wind and some damage and stuff, and he's not leaving. Yeah. So I know my mom's kind of worried about that. So, uh, but. Uh, yeah, if you can get out of there, get out of there. I bet 65 will be busy. I bet it will. <laughs> I bet I, I bet yesterday and today, if you're coming up, it is going to be busy. Uh, yesterday, Tuesday, old Charlie's birthday. We got an 11-year-old. Man. Crazy. You got... I, it makes me feel old, um, but that's life, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you, every second you get older <laughs> that's right yeah. uh but yeah it was, it was a good day we're, we're gonna celebrate him a little tonight everybody had practice last night so go out to dinner do something special for him we went to the braves game so that was really his like yeah, birthday deal. present and he had a blast over there at the yeah, braves we game. had a good time last week two weeks ago yeah well cool yeah our birthdays are all done our family we're just we, we are we are june and august for uh four of us and the married best in february there you go we'll get to wait a little bit on hers get that uh it feels like fall out here beautiful it's like we sat out and ate dinner on the porch last night it's just nice you don't feel like you're running from the sun <laughs> yeah it feels really good we we got to work on the ac situation in the office yeah. it's freezing this morning in our offices i turned it down yeah uh because uh, it gets chilly in here uh but one of those things it, but it could be 90 next week i have no idea every day yeah every day's different I, I don't know what it is down here it's you guys you live in the south you know we you know we get those fake falls sometimes yep. but we had that two weeks we already ago. had that we already had that fake fall weather i think now hopefully we're getting into the real deal yep feeling good and getting all of that um yeah, I don't have much. Anything else going on? Nothing Just much. life. Yeah, man. Good week. Busy week. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. I'm not preaching. I'm happy about that. Yeah. I like to preach, but just kind of like in normal. I mean, I'll be doing it next month in a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, but be going good. Gearing up. It's cool. Like now I'm like actually gearing up for fall retreat. Yeah. Ours is the first week of November. So it's like I'm bored. I got all my, f my fall retreat stuff I got to get done and. Excited for that. Yeah. And it's really fun because we have these new sixth graders into the ministry. You know, they come in in August. So this is like their first This is their first trip. kind of yeah. event trip. It's a one night. It's 40 minutes down the road. Um, it's not far. So I love a fall retreat. Uh, man, it, it is one of my favorites because we, <clears throat> I might have to change it up a little bit. We used to have a lot of high schoolers and they were pretty self-sufficient about putting up their Eno hammocks and like talking and playing music and hanging out for like an hour or two and just kind of a chill. Yeah. That's that is really my goal for fall retreat. One, grow closer to God. Yeah. Two, grow closer to each other. Uh -huh. um, and three, like, chill out. Yeah. Like, you guys have been doing school and sports and running and all these things. Like, hey, here's a Saturday, Sunday where, like, we get to be 
and God's beautiful creation out there at Camp Winnetoska and hang out and then like just kind of chill. Yeah. Like all of our stuff is like, I, I don't even have a calendar or that calendar. I don't, I don't even have like a schedule. Yeah. Our schedule is when do we eat? That's good, man. And then we get to hang out. But but these middle schoolers, they get a little antsy. They're like, what are we doing? What are we going to so do? I'm going to have to. We got a lot more middle schoolers. I'm going to have to maybe plan some stuff. There you go. But they were excited that there's a Gaga pit. They love that. They love that. It's the dustiest. I don't know if you've been to the one at Camp Winnetoska. It uh, is just yeah. dirt. Yeah. And it is the dustiest thing I've ever been a part of. They so, love it, though. I'll play that for hours. It hurts yeah. my back, but it's fun. You bend over for the whole time. They don't have to bend over as far. I yeah. do. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, oh, you guys didn't get me out. Oh, you guys got me out. <laughs> no. Um, there's a high ropes course. That's super fun. Nice. We're going to get to do that. A little zip lining, a little climbing. They have one where you climb a telephone pole, uh-huh. stand on top of it. Now, it's not as high as you know, real tall, but it's, I mean, I want to say it's, 20 feet? Yeah. Tall. I mean, it's tall. You stand on top of it, and then you jump to, like, a trapeze. You have to, like, and, and, and that's probably six feet away. Yeah. But when you're up there, you're like, there's no way. I can't get there. The hardest part for me is st- is actually standing up yeah. on the actual Getting deal. up on the top I can't it. do it. Yeah. My bo- I'm getting old. My body's not as flexible to stand <laughs> up on a pole and jump <laughs> off of it. Jumping's not the hardest part. Getting up there. I could just lean and almost touch it, but yeah. uh, getting up there is. I don't think I did it last year. We had too many kids, and I was like, oh, guys, oh, I know. I, I can't do it. Turn. Boo. <laughs> but it's all good. It's all fun uh, with that. Well, hey, the past few weeks we have been, oh, the past two, we have been talking about. Um, I foundational truths. Foundational truths. Yes. That's right. What are some things? What are the. Uh, uh, um, things that you should never forget never forget uh in that um and so hopefully you guys enjoyed that we're we're gonna wrap up our our um one at a time kind of little series here we're gonna end that up uh today i highly recommend you go get the book by kyle eidelman we hit three out of his like 10 yeah or more um so there's a whole lot more in there we didn't cover all of them these are just three that jumped out to me um that i've used before uh and then i think can help us. Yeah. So a little recap. If you didn't uh, hear these, go back five episodes or so. I don't know what it was. Um, one, two, three, four. Yeah. Four or so episodes. And you can catch these basically looking at what made Jesus the most influential person. Yeah. Now you could take away cause he was the son of God. Mm-hmm. Like that's a given, but in his daily life, he did things that set him apart. Right. That he uh, um, that shouldn't be set apart. These are kind of things that we should be doing no matter what. But he was really good at them. Yeah. Um, about um, I think the first one was uh, that he uh, um, oh through a uh, oh, coin viewer. It? Coin viewer, right? Yeah. Like he zoomed in and saw people as individuals, right? As who they were. And we talked about you know the lady touching you know the hem of his garment. She was bleeding for twelve years. And he knew it and he stopped and he called her daughter. Yeah. Like he gave her a name. He's like, Hey, you are now this. And, uh, and Saul in a big crowd won. the next one was God wants to work, um, in you then through you. Right. And so even Jesus got up, spent time with God, spent alone time with him 
And you could say that he probably could have skipped that part. Right. He has that direct line to like, you know, but he showed us an example of, Hey, I got to spend time. Yeah. And, and we all want to be, we don't want to be space takers. We want to be uh, um, game changers. We want to change the thing around us. And we, you know, like to have these big ideas. I want to do this, do this, do this. And God says, I want to work in you first. And then through that, for sure, bigger things will happen because you're allowing God to work. Right. Um, it's not us just muscling through it. The third one we're going to be on today um, is just a little different uh, in that. In, but it has to deal with, again, us getting out and doing. Um, if I was to ask you, which I am going to ask you. He's doing it right now. I'm doing it. I'm asking a question, jumping off. Uh, what do you think is your primary, primary, primary emotion? Mm. What do you think is your <laughs> like go-to emotion on an everyday, right? Who, uh, the people around me might answer differently Ooh. than I would answer about myself. So well, that's interesting yeah, how, how okay. self-aware well, I am, but I would say probably enthusiasm. I don't know. I'm just kind of generally jazzed up to be doing whatever it is I'm doing. You know what I mean? And like, I kind of view myself as an encourager. Yeah. Like I want other people to get excited about stuff. Yeah. And so I don't know. I kind of just, I would say that, uh, uh, that's what people would view you as. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, I, I, it's, it's more on the positive side, yeah. you know, so I didn't, don't want to be too whatever, but <laughs> generally I'm, I'm kind of excited. You know, I'm, I'm living a, great life get to do a lot of things that I enjoy doing. So I'm generally excited about it. Yeah. I, I, I think I would, I would, I would echo that. I would say that yours is, uh, an encourager, uh, excited person. Hype man. <laughs> there we go. That's pretty good. Um, I'm the flavor flave of, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's not a bad thing. It's not a thing. I would say, I would say mine might be the same thing as well. Like, I kind of think of myself as kind of like a golden retriever. <laughs> I think I'm just like happy and just like, I want to go around and uh, I think we're both extroverts. We yeah. feed off of other people. So just being around people, encouraging people, just kind of having that. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean I always feel that way. Yeah. Right. You know, there's some times where I have to like push that down, take and, that deep breath. And, and that might sound bad. Like I'm not trying to hide or push away certain emotions that I have. I mean, we all feel anxious at times and sad at times yeah. and, mad and frustrated and we have all those but i would think that those are one-offs that that's not my primary base level yeah i'd say i'm pretty upbeat um and with that as well but for you take a self-assessment of like what is yeah my primary emotion um in that it's probably not hard to figure out <laughs> like you know if you think about this at all yeah you know yourself and if you can be honest with yourself you can kind of come up with where you are Absolutely. So what do you think Jesus's primary emotion was? Oh, wow. Emotion. You know, we have, we have, uh, stories. It's mostly stories. And so we're seeing yeah. him, uh, interact is, uh, is love an emotion <laughs> is, uh, yeah. Loving. Yeah. Loving. I don't know. Just like, I think Jesus generally walked around with his eyes open for opportunities to, um, show care, show emotion or show like a loving care for people. 
I'm gonna put a word. An emotion. I'm gonna put a word in, and that's compassion. Yeah. Right. Compassionate. Like, yeah. yeah. Like he has that love, and then he feels for people. And again, you're reading scripture over and over again of, you know, Jesus. Um, um, feeling that, and then doing something about it. Yeah. Right. And so it's, you know, Jesus felt, Jesus saw, Jesus had compassion, and right, he did something about it. Right. Um. And that's that bridge, right? And that's that bridge between, I think that's something that we all have to um, wrestle with is that we all, you know, have this bridge of how we feel and then what do we do about it? Yeah. Um, I kind of use like this illustration. I mean, you know, we all have bridges, right? But we don't cross a lot of bridges. Yeah. <laughs> We're not a very bridge heavy. We ain't got no water down here, really. We really got no water <laughs> down here, right? But it's like going in, in this act of doing, um, and I think about when the twins were born, at St. Vincent's, all of our kids were born at St. Vincent's down here. Uh, but they had to go to the ICU, like a lot of twins do. There's nothing really wrong with them. Uh, they couldn't, uh, and, my, and my wife's going to hear this and, and tell me how all this is wrong, but I was, lack of sleep, and it was uh, uh, three years ago. So <laughs> I have slept since then, um, and I wasn't sleeping then. So, <laughs> you know, uh, it may be a little wrong. But, you know, you know the, the uh, twins were born, and then we had them for that night. And then the next day they took them to ICU. Yeah. They they just couldn't regulate their temperature. Right. And so they have like a baby heating lamp. They got a little know? baby incubator. Right. And so they did that like twice and they're like, we can't like, we can't keep doing that because they're going to get sick. There's a reason why they're not holding temp. And if right. they're not, they can get sick. So we're going to take them to ICU. So we said, okay, which was really hard. And, and there's a lot of people that have kids in ICU for way, way longer than we did. Ours was like uh, four days, maybe three or four days. It was it you know, the week that we were there. Um, but at the St. Vincent's, I don't think it's changed. The ICU is in a different building and on a different floor. Yeah. And so, you know, they told us, Hey, we can take care of them. You guys just rest. And my wife was like, yeah, no, like I'm going to feed them 12, three, six, nine, 12, three, like every three yeah. hours, we're going to be in the ICU and we're going to feed them. <clears throat> we're going to be there. And yeah. like, you don't have to, we can take care of it. If you want to get some rest, she said, no. <laughs> so it wasn't every three hours. It was more like every hour and a half or hour. <laughs> I'm pushing her in the wheelchair and then we go up the floor and then we walk across this bridge. Yeah. Uh, in between two of the buildings. Um, you know, it's the, you know, it's like a glass covered bridge, not an yeah. outside bridge, but we did that so many times <laughs> walking back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, and it just became like a ritual for us. And then, you know, we would, you know, push her in the wheelchair, then she would walk and we just go back and forth. This is a way to kind of walk and kind of have that. And thinking about that bridge between us saying, we have this, uh, 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 love and compassion and, and, uh, um, deal for our twins that we want to get up and do this. We didn't have to. And they said, you don't have to come over here every hour and a half and do this. But there was something in us that said, no, we have to be with our kids. Yeah. And so we're going to do that. And that bridge was that, you know, um, a go between between how we felt and then us actually getting up and doing it. And there was times where it was tough and it was hard and it's midnight. And we just want to sleep. And we didn't <laughs> sleep. And it's like, we need to go over there. Yeah. Right. And those 3 a.m.s, those were hard too. Uh, but getting up and going over there. And I think about this struggle that we all have that I think that Jesus did a very good job of, of uh, bridging between what we felt 
and what we should do. Right. Right. Um, you know, he had that, uh, Jesus had that compassion and he did something about it. Uh, where a lot of people don't do that. I don't think, right. Like, like, I would say all of us have love and compassion for people. Ah, I don't say that. Some people it's harder for others, but you see, and you have this love and compassion, but then we don't do it. Yeah. Right. We just sit back Yeah, and do that. Why, why is that? I think two things. I mean, there's probably way more than two things, but two things that jump, jump out at me are one is our schedule. Um, we are so busy mm-hmm. that when needs, uh, come up in front of us, we feel compassion and then we evaluate that compassion in light of our schedule and we say, okay, do I have time to actually do something about this? No, I don't. I got, I got this appointment. I got to go get the kids. I got to whatever. Um, and so I think our busyness and the lack of margin in our lives uh, limits our action on our compassion. Uh-huh. And the other is, and this one, I just thought about this and I could be, I could be off, but I wonder if there's like compassion fatigue. You know what I'm saying? It was like, I we talked to somebody. I mean, yeah, like, like not too far in the distant past. The people that you were primarily concerned with were the people in your community, people in your family, in your you house, know, kind yeah. of extended friend networks, and that was it. And that seems a little more manageable now through social media, through 24-hour news cycle. We're seeing terrible things that are happening everywhere all the time, and I think. We feel compassionate towards those people in those situations, but a lot of them we have no power over. And I think we've kind of just gotten numb to, oh, well, there's somebody else that's got cancer or there's somebody else who's struggling with this thing or here's a conflict over in this part of the world, right? And yeah. Anything there, it's just like, I think, I think we're kind of uh, overwhelmed with situations and we feel kind of powerless. Yeah, well... Because if you really, from all of the stuff that through media and whatnot, all the stuff that you hear about and you have compassion about, if you acted on all of it, yeah, you'd be broke, broke down, all, all of the tired. above, right? Like yeah. it, it would be a 24 yeah. 7 job just to be doing those things, yeah. So, I think there is some sort of, um, I don't know. I don't have any biblical deal with this, but I think that there is some sort of discernment yeah. on that, but it's, it would also be easier if everybody lived in the end yeah. and also acted out, then it wouldn't feel like you're the only one doing all that yeah. stuff. But yeah, um, we had uh, a girl here, uh, Lily Beth. Mm-hmm. Uh, she worked for us this summer. She was in our youth group and she was our, um, Outreach intern. Outreach intern. The yeah. first time we ever had one. And she has a compassionate heart. Like that's her baseline, I would say too, is yes. a very compassionate, outward thinking. How can I serve and love? And, where and I action see it. oriented. And very action. Yeah. She also lived in the and, and she right. does a very good job with that. And I think at the end of the summer, she like went on vacation and she was like, sorry guys, I can't make it to the meeting. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm going you know, to the beach with some friends. And I think she said, she was like, I'm, I'm drained. I'm yeah. like physically drained from doing those things. It's like, yeah, I could see like, you haven't stopped, yeah. you know, doing this. I think there is that part of that where you have to know yourself yeah. and, and, and have some discernment and pray and be like, where does the spirit want me to move to show compassion? But I think for a lot of people, we don't live in that. Right. 
we live in the very beginning like are we even doing anything yeah right it, it's all connected so you know you th think about the first two topics of this that we discussed um one you know having your eyes open is step one being willing to focus in on people uh -huh. if you're not doing that you're probably not feeling very much compassion right <laughs> yeah. because it just will just wash over you but second and this is this is where jesus actually modeled this for us um in two ways one Jesus knew that to model for us, if you're going to be serving and giving and showing compassion to people, you have to do that out of a place of spiritual health, not in and through. Yeah. Yep, not, yep. not just, Oh, I'm just out of strength running though. myself to death, trying to do all this stuff. You have to be connected to the father, but then check out, I think we talked about this story in particular in Mark where Jesus goes off to pray and he's been doing these miracles and feeding people and doing all this stuff. And people are looking for him. And he says, no, it's time to go to the next, next village. To, next I got to go. I got to go tell them the good news because that's what I came here to do. So one, he knew how important it was to stay connected to the father yeah. and modeling that behavior t for us. But two, he knew what his purpose was. Yeah. If you can identify your purpose, then you can act out of compassionate love within that purpose and not feel guilty about not doing everything. You know, both of those things are important and Jesus, Jesus modeled them which, both, which is hard to, it's really hard to get my brain around it, but, um, just the, I, I, I don't know, just the, uh, wisdom of Jesus. He could have stayed in one village forever right? and healed, and healed every person, and everything, fed every person, become right. a social safety net, right? For he, every single yeah. person. And he, um, lived it and modeled it to where he thought he should. And then. He's like, nope, we, gotta go, we have to go to the next town. Right. And I would assume that some of that is, hey, y'all, and not everyone, not everyone, no one could do what Jesus could do. But he was like, but you saw me help, mm -hmm. and you saw me love, and you saw me see and have compassion, and then I did something about it. Um, it's saying, hey, y'all do this now. Yeah. I'm going to go somewhere else. And, you know, there's all those things where, you know, with the lady that was healed, that we're going to read something in Luke. Like not everyone can raise people from the dead yeah. and do that, but Hey, there's a lot that you can do. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where we kind of get stuck too is, yeah, but what am I going to do with it? Well, you know, when you see, you know, you know, recently with, you know, the war in Ukraine and Russia and you're like, Oh, you know, what can we do? And our church is like, Hey, we can do buckets. And a lot of churches did this, right? Like the big Lowe's and Home Depot buckets. Let's fill them up with supplies and send them. In the big like scheme of things, you're like, that's not going to do much. <laughs> it's a $100 bucket or whatever it is with all the stuff we did, and we gave it, and we're done. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's a lot, yeah. right? Like, we're not called to fix it all. We're called to do what we can do with it. Yeah. And so when we think about the big you know, picture, we're like, well, what is my little drop going to do? And say, ah, don't, you don't have to fix it all. Yeah. You do what you can do. Yeah. And so you might not have all the time. You might not have all the money. You might have all the resources or talents, but he says, what do you have? Yeah. Use that. Yeah. See it and go. Billions and trillions of raindrops make a river, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. That one raindrop may not feel significant or consequential, but that's all it is. And it's like, if the church in Birmingham plays its part and the church in Poland plays its part and the, and the yeah. church in Ukraine plays its part, then yeah. God is doing something through all these people working together. You can't look at it like, Oh, well I can't end the, 
in the war in Ukraine or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's how the body of Christ works. There's so many examples of that in scripture. And I think so many of us, uh, um, this is going to sound bad. There's probably a better way to say this. Do you live in the and, mm. had compassion and, or do you live in the but, yeah. right? Or, you know, or the, ah, I can't, but I'm busy, yeah. but my time, but my yeah. resources, but my talents. And you're like, ah, and I think the devil, and this is the big part here that I, you know, when I think about this, I didn't really initially put down, but that's the devil speaking to you saying, you can't do anything. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. You're doing one bucket. There's it's so many people time. you're, yeah. you know, you know, you're giving $10 to this. What is $10 going to do? They need $50,000 and you're going to give 10, yeah. but, it's, but it's again, no, if we all do our part a little bit, it's going to make a bigger difference. Yeah. Um, and I think that's big for us to know. Um, I think about, there's a ton of verses here, but like Mark, Mark one, it says, and a man with leprosy, oh, this is verse 40. And a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus uh, reached out his hand and touched the man. I'm willing. He said, be clean. Jesus saw had compassion and feeling and he touched the man. Yeah. Uh, like he went and he did it. Um, Mark six, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. They wanted him and they had compassion and he taught cause that's what they needed at the time. Yeah. Uh, and he went and did that. Matthew nine, Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. So so you would also see that he saw as well. Right. He saw that there's a need for healing. So he taught and he did something. Yeah. Um, I think that's the battle with us is that we, we somehow have to have God work in us, but we move from, well, I'm going to sit here mm -hmm. and I'm going to feel bad and I'm going to have compassion and I'm going to uh, like really like, like, Oh man, I would love to pray for you and I want to be there for you and have compassion. Yeah. But what are you going to do? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You ever heard anybody say stuff your sorries in a sack? Stuff your sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what this makes me think of. It's like, you know, and this is, this is tough. And I, I struggle with this. You do working in ministry. There's a billion things we could do at any, any given moment, mm -hmm. you know, to, to serve or help or whatever. Um, but like, if in Christ, as we're growing, as we're maturing, if our compassion, if if how we view the world doesn't move us to action, it's kind of pointless, <laughs> right? If it just makes us feel bad, it's like, stuff your sorries in a sack. <laughs> yeah. You know, keep them. I don't want your sorry, you know. And, and I think that's something that we can and should grow into. And mm. I'm still growing into, yeah. right? And trying to find out where my time and abilities are best used to help people that I feel compassion for. But I think it's important to just have that mindset. It's like, how is, how are my thoughts and action, what I'm learning about God calling me to action? Yeah. Um, so, so here's a, so, so here's a better way to put it when I should have read this note before I made the other comment. Um, the a true test of compassion is the word. And do you live in the action or just the feeling? Yeah. Right. So that's what we're saying here. Do you just live in the feeling of, oh, cool. All right. I feel bad. Yeah. I pray. Yeah. We're there. And prayers are big. Right. But 
Well, I think even prayer is an action. True. Right? Yeah. True. Uh, right. Well, you know, but I also think about, um, and you hear this a lot in like political times, uh, uh, and when like things big, if there's like shootings or there's like hurricanes or something big and go, you know, we're going to send our thoughts and prayers to you. And there's some people that say we need more than just thoughts and yeah. prayers. One, I don't think that they truly believe the power of prayer, but they might have a little point to it. Like, yeah. great. What is also the next action step yeah. that you're going to do? Cause I think it's easy for us for Christians to say, Hey, I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna do that. Yeah. I think about, Hey, we're just going to, uh, um, brag on this family. Uh, a Lily best mom, she posted something last night, I think online that said, Hey, if you are, uh, um, if you are evacuating your house in Florida, I live off of 65 South, um, here in Birmingham. If you need anything, uh, and you need a place to stay, come and stay with us. Yeah. And I was like, that's a big, like she saw that and said, yeah. Hey, what, what can I do? Mm -hmm. I can house somebody. Yeah. And it's like, man, like that is living in not just a feeling, but also the action of what to do. Yeah. Um, I think that's huge. Yeah, for sure. That's huge there. Um, Luke seven, we're going to end in Luke seven here. I know we're already, already at the 33 mark, man, this one went fast mm. over here talking. Um, Luke, uh, seven, uh, 13 and 15. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and he said, don't cry. Then he went up and touched the buyer, buyer, buyer. I don't know that word. Uh, it's uh, old timey for coffin. Touched the coffin. Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, they went up and touched the coffin they were carrying him on. And the uh, bears stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. So, you know, there's a bunch of here that we read earlier. And he did this. But, you know, this is something big um, where... You know, where Jesus saw this need and this doesn't hit home with us, right? Like it does back then. Yeah. Um, we're like, yeah, well, then, you know, well, then Jesus touched the coffin. It was a dead man. He went over there. He did that. And he said, cool. And now you're alive. And now go back to your mom. <laughs> we're like, look at the miracle Jesus did. This is so cool. But back then that had some serious implications of what Jesus did. Almost the same with the lady that touches garment. Yeah. And, the, and well. the man with leprosy. And the man with leprosy. Right. Jesus uh, um, uh, doesn't really care about social norms and what uh, and what society says you can and can't do mm -hmm. in that. Right. Yeah. Because if he were to touch that man and he did, what should happen to Jesus? Yeah, he'd be uh, uh, exiled from the community, at least for a period of time. Right. Um, you know, he couldn't observe any religious, you know, rights or anything like that basically he would be put out of the community um for being unclean and so he saw that and so for us that could have been an easily a that could have been an easy excuse for jesus yeah to say oh i would love to but i'm gonna be looked at this way that i will be unclean that i will be kicked out so i have compassion on you and all the people he healed and all the leprosy. But if I touched you, if I were there, then it's going to be on me mm. and that I'm going to be unclean, that I'm going to be looked at this way. Then I get kicked out. And Jesus says, ah, uh, there's something bigger going on here. Yeah. Like, I don't care what the world um, says about me. If I touch you, I'm going to do it because I have compassion Yeah. and I want to be there for you. Mm. And I think that's huge for us. Like what is society going to say? If you were to 
sell your car to help somebody or to open up your house to people you may not know or to do this or hey you know for this weekend i could go on vacation or i can go and serve i can do this i can do that there's all these extra things that you know it's like man why do you do all this that's not normal and that's not what society says you should do but jesus doesn't live in that world and i don't think we should either yeah jesus has a clear pattern of prioritizing love and compassion over pride over the expectation of others like you know i don't think i have the ability to raise somebody from the dead but i can have the ability to have that same frame yes right yes. am i am i viewing my world through the lens of love and compassion for other people or am i viewing it through well this is what people's expectations are of me or uh we probably shouldn't go there people might not look fondly on that right yeah and so we can bring that to our level and oh, and that absolutely. is the invitation here it's like you know there are opportunities out there are you willing to put yourself in a position to to show love and compassion and action through that regardless of how you're going to be viewed by other yes. people and you know and that's the beauty of reading god's word you know we can easily read these stories and go Yay, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you did a good job, buddy. Like, I love that story. And yeah, you healed. But it's like, how does that apply to you? Yeah. How can you do these things? And there's three here I want to end with. I know we're on time, but, you know, Jesus sees, mm -hmm. Jesus feels, and Jesus acts. Yeah. He sees what's going on. He has compassion. He feels, and then he acts as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we get stuck on the see, feel part. Mm -hmm. um, and so for all of you guys listening, for us sitting in this room right here, where do you this week, like, like pray, pray that the Holy Spirit nudges you even further past just the feeling part and says, what is that action? Live in that action, big or small. Yeah. Um, and there are going to be ways. Yeah. You guys see it. There's enough hurt and brokenness in the world that there are, um, if you open your eyes, there are things almost every single day that you're going to see and that you can't act on. Yeah. Pray that the spirit will lead you to where you need to go in that yeah. and to nudge you to be like, okay, like, yes, yes, we're busy. Yes. We have a calendar full. Yes. All these things that will, uh, um, uh, will uh, lead us not to do it. Right. Uh, what happens if you did? Yeah. And I think when you do that, um, one, you will be a huge light for the kingdom to be his hands and feet, you'll be a huge light. If people will see that, not that you need to be seen, but they see that through you, then you can give glory to God. Right. Um, and, and you will also get closer to God. Yeah. Um, where, uh, all, all these actions for you to do that are chances for you to go closer to God and know, Oh, he is with me. Yeah. I was afraid. I was scared. I was nervous. I was, you know, I was questioning all this. But man, look how God helped me in this area. Yeah. Uh, and that will grow your faith. Yeah. I, I love the uh, encouragement you've got there to start with prayer. Like yeah. God wants you to be activated uniquely in service, right? Like God has given you this set of gifts and abilities, and he wants to push you to a place where you put those things into action. And so if you're sitting there and you're like, I don't know, like talk to God about it and he will give you that power of his spirit and the eyes to see and the mm -hmm. opportunities um, to, to take action on those things and start, start there, start with, with praying about this specifically. Yeah. And, and that's a bold prayer. And 
And if you ask for bold prayers, God's going to answer that. Yeah. Then it's on you to have eyes, then the courage to step out of the boat yeah. and to get out of your comfort zone and say, all right, well, how can I do this? Yeah. They could be good. That's it, man. Live in the, don't just live in the feeling, live in the action as well. There you go. That'd be good. Well, Hey, we um, have enjoyed this little series again. Get that book one at a time by Kyle Eidemann. Uh, uh, you'll, will be blessed by that. Um, like review rate, subscribe, all the thingy things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I get that. And hope you guys, um, Hey, think about the hurricane. Yeah. Um, you know, it has, it has already happened by the time we're listening to this, where are there steps for you to help out. Yeah. Um, that'd be big. That's it. Get that. Well, Hey, have a good weekend. Uh, and we will catch you next week. Bye friends. See ya.